we blew the format, Chris. Normally, we have a big discussion about uh, what we're going to do for the episode that starts as soon as we turn the mics on and we don't know what we're going to do. But uh, we were having such a lovely chat uh, off mic. Um, we uh, Listeners, we often talk, We you know, it takes us like an hour at the moment because we're getting in uh, our recording long distance because we're both uh, stuck in different parts of Australia. Um, and uh, so when we catch up, we, for the recording it takes us ages to start recording because we're just having a nice friend chat and unfortunately this time um our idea for the episode came out of our nice friend chat before we turned the mics on so sorry for the airless artificiality of this particular episode of rank ideas the good news is um it's an indication of how nice and lovely our chat was because today we're going to be talking about shame you get it unfortunately too Welcome, sweet listeners, to the Rank Ideas podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Chris Endry, and on the other end of the line is Nick Deladovic, and together we're on a quest to successfully rank every human idea in order on an ever-expanding list from best to worst. And today we're going to talk about shame and see where we can put that. We're gonna Nick, um, kick us, kick us off. What's what's shame? Oh, the definitioning, my favorite part to do. So shame, um, off the top of my head, um, is a def- you know it's a story device, it's a narrative device, it's um, uh, it's a oh it's really it's like a valence. I think there was another one that we talked about a few episodes ago where I was like oh it's probably best described as a valence, and shame is like is the same. Whereas you overlay it it's a way to feel about a certain situation. It's like an emotional loading into a situation or a state um, that is very specifically about the sense that you as an individual or as a group organism have done wrong, are bad, um, need to uh, not just just contend uh, with the facts of the ways in which you are um, lacking or uh, villainous or wrong or bad, but you have to feel a certain way about it. And that feeling is shame. It is the the idea of um, it should be, you know, it's, it's a strong, uh, dramatic, um, operatic feeling um, is the way that it uh, is defined. That's my sense anyway. I'm interested to see if you think differently, Chris. But yeah, the idea is that it's a feeling that has strength and stakes that has huge potential for behavioral control or behavioral adjustment. Um, yeah, I just talked my way through to the, what I think is the most important thing to start with is the idea of it is it's an emotional lever and state that leads to behavioral change and adjustment. Yeah. Anything to add to that though, or push back against? No, I, I guess I, I want kind of want to add that it's, it's like all, it's almost an emotion of its own, but it's not, it's, it's, it's definitely not. Um, uh, and as I'm just trying to, as, as you're talking about, it, I'm thinking, oh, what, like, what's, um, you know, what are the emotions that, uh, the state, you know, where, if you talk about it as a, a valence or a story form, um, what, yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's what, a fi- what is it? What is it? What, what's the recipe, you know, for the state? Um, Cause yeah, it's a state of being to be in shame or to be shamed. Um, I, I guess, yeah. And that's the thing. There is the terms like shamed suggest that it's also a thing that can be, um, it, it can also be used about the, as, as to talk about the, active people trying to put you into that state or the world trying to put you into that state, whether it does or not. But we are, it is a, yeah, it's a, it's a gestalt state that is made up of elements. So yeah. What are, what other, what are the things you think are the elements that make it up, Chris? 
fear, fear is the obvious one for me. Um, because there's, there's a, you know, we're, uh, so attuned to be, um, social, uh, social creatures. Um, you know, we're, as, as individuals, we're, we're, you know, wholly geared in some senses to, um, how we operate relative to a group, um, whatever mm-hmm. size that is or whatever nature that is. Um, and the shame is kind of like a, um, an, an expression of a fear that your behavior is going to cause the group, group to reject you. Guilt, maybe too. The um, either the, either the what's thought of as the emotion of guilt or the feeling of guilt, or just like a, mm. an actual, a literal sense of your culpability around things. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting because like when people have I've heard I've heard um, shame and and guilt used as important distinctions for when people have transgressed in the past because you want to get past the point of somebody feeling shame and to the point of them feeling the guilt because if you're fixated guilt. on the shame. Yeah, of acknowledging guilt because um, I think that 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 uh, that goes to the distinction between um, you know the the fe- operating from the feeling that you've done wrong and, and needing to you know make restorations or you know repairs or whatever versus um, understanding the responsibility that you have had for an action and then um, taking the actions that accord with those consequences um, mm. in whatever direction you want subsequently. And, th- and there's kind of a difference because I think, um, you know, when we feel a deep shame, you know, maybe we want to throw the kitchen sink at anything to get us away from that feeling. Um, yes. Which I guess is something that you see. And th- this is the context kind of in which we were having the conversation because we're, we're not just, I think we, we when we're ranking shame, when we're not just ranking it's, um, you know, the, the experience that the individual might have, but also the capacity, like it's, it's, it's something that we have capacity to bring on to other people. And you see, you see shame as a sort of weaponized form throughout all human societies in, in history with totally different moving parameters that suggest that, um, you know, this is, there's a social aspect rather than, um, you know, it's, I, I guess like, you know, I guess it may be, you know, if you walked in on someone and you caught them eating their own poo, you mm-hmm. might be like, Oh my God! I'm going to tell the neighbors you did this. <laughs> like that—that that may be something that would be uniformly frowned upon in human societies. But normally, that's not what's happening. It's—it's it's, you know, um, you know, you've you've been caught having an extra relational sexual encounter. You know, that—that's a shame. That's that, but that's not always something in all societies or in all contexts that is is considered shameful. Or um, just yeah, behaving just one beha- of any number of examples. Uh, undergoing um, yeah, engaging in sexual activity, which is seen as taboo. I guess yeah. To me, this is the reason that this is uh, a thorny run straight out of the bat, is uh, straight off the bat, straight out of the bat. Um, it's the aborted um, uh, Meatloaf album from 1998 featuring such, <laughs> featuring such hits as I Will Never Feel Shame by Meatloaf. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the... Uh, um, Anyone who sees grand final performance from uh, 2016 <laughs> or something knows that that's true. I will never feel shame again. Um, the... Uh, tricky thing about shame is yeah it feels like it's a tool that um gets applied for like a as a a seemingly and potentially uh, laudable reason which is to um make people feel the consequences of their actions um relative to the standards and values of the group organism or the society or the, you know, the culture that you're a part of, um, which uh, to me instantly has some super valuable and, you know, butts up against some possibly essential uh, uh, ideas, which is like actually having a strong sense of the consequences of your actions and its effects on other people. But then also obviously the thing that it's routinely used for is to make people feel ashamed about 
um, behaviors that are taboo or frowned upon that uh, aren't actually necessarily <laughs> that that shouldn't necessarily be taboos or frowned upon. You know, I think that's the easy. Oh, yeah. Uh, imagine how um, ashamed, you know, your average teenager today would be if, you know, their parents walk in on them masturbating, which is something that your average teenager is likely to have done. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, uh, 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 you know, activity around which there should be no shame, but, but, but there is. And so there's like a consequence of experience that um, doesn't correlate to constructing healthy uh, integration of reality in your decision making. And masturbation is um, a good example for me because that's something where like imagining <laughs> it should be so, it's so easy to imagine a world where masturbation is something that is just a, f a free and warm and lovely and wonderful thing that is experienced by all people at all times. And there doesn't sit, you know, the, the narratives, uh, and the constructed narratives around why it shouldn't be, uh, to me, uh, laughable to the point where the idea that it is that this that the delivery mechanism of shame is enacting on so many people around it, it feels uh, it feels uh, horrible, horrid. Um, there is uh, on the other, you know, and then you know, there's a lot of other examples. Uh, I mean, there's other kind of sexual behaviours like you know the idea like people feeling having to spend hundreds of years feeling ashamed for being uh, homosexual, for instance, um, or mm -hmm. um, just, uh, you know, or, or people feeling uh, quite shame around uh, wanting to have a different career path in life than the ones that their parents posited for them. Like a lot of, you know, this, uh, a lot of a lot of classic um, m movie of the week um, uh, case studies. But then uh, <laughs> then there are this, you know, I, I would say the argument, that, like the people in my life who are like, no, sh you know, because I, I have friend, friends in my life who have, who will... Uh, who have publicly stood on the idea that shame is good and shame is great, um, will uh, talk about the idea that, yes, there is, um, uh, you know, there's, there's, there is utility um, in having a mechanism, having an emotional, having a, or at least, as you say, an emotionally loaded constructed mechanism for people having to feel a certain way if they transgress against social norms, like not just, not just, yeah, yeah basically, you know, uh, I think the, the best part of it, that you, the best version of it you can imagine is just sort of the, you know, the opposite of whatever our, our imagination about what a sociopath lives like is, you know, the idea of you like, you know, shame allows you to have proof that you are not um, just assessing the world and your place in it as, as you know, at, like a robot playing a video game, um, but that you are actually caring, you you know, you are, you are forced to care about the consequences of your actions. Now, does shame reliably do that in the way, in the best way that couldn't be replaced by other ideas? That feels to me the interesting thing to talk about, but... Um, yeah, and actually, you know, I didn't come into this conversation with any... Uh preconception of what I, what I thought about this topic, even though it's one that sort of comes up a bit. Um, I'm really interrogated in a sort of, um, you know, in a ranking uh, mindset. Um, but immediately uh, that question that you just raised, you know, is this a, the optimal, you know, if, if, if shame is a tool in, that has the utility of um, uh, having an emotional force for people to reckon with their behavior and to take steps to, um, to, integrate that as a like as a motivating force for integrating um their behavior with the, the consequences it's had and, and then making decisions for their own future based on that um i would say it's an it's a it's a it's a failure i would say um bec because there are there are clear outliers uh for whom that um 
who don't have that emotional experience from that force um, and therefore will be uh, impervious to the um, the, co- the correction of it. And there are outliers in the other direction that are um, particularly feel, sensitive feel to that extremes. force. And yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how common is, um, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, you, you have societies where it will be a ritualized thing that um, – um, through history, where, where it would be a ritualized thing, uh, where a, a, de- a degree of shame is considered sufficient, that uh, it is expected that someone kill themselves as a result of that uh, their actions, and I don't think that um, I think that this strongly comes against the other ideas we've already ranked low, such as um, uh, good, good and evil, um, and, and uh, just just general ideas that. Um, uh, uh, what was the? It's not retribution. What's what's the redemption? Redemption. Redemption. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just ideas that um rest on sort of immutable characteristics of how people are, and, and or even free will. Free will. Um, mm. as well. I think free free will and shame are, are really interesting intersecting ones when you think about the prison population and you know what's actually going to reduce recidivism and um you know what's what's actually going to improve the outcomes for your society and quality of interpersonal relationships and things like that. You ha- you have to have. I'm very big in thinking that you need to have paths for redemption, but that's not because redemption itself is a um, is a immutable force and and a, a true thing that that even exists. It's just more that um, the the less people uh, can engage with the reality of the consequences of their behaviour and the capacity that they have to change, um, the the less likely they are to. Um, to 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 want to, um, if you can't see a path to improve, if you if you see yourself as immutably bad, guess what? Like you're going to be immutably bad. Like you're going to perform perform the things that an immutably bad person would look like performing. When we when we flawlessly ranked redemption in the great episode of Rank Ideas, where we ranked it, um, I think that's one thing quite that we, lowly for those quite, quite lowlish. Uh, we, one of the reasons we came against came hard against it was the idea that it was that pe- people. Um, that its usage was in this sort of uh, blandly kind of reductive way as a, um, you know, as, as, as just a, a series of steps that the human condition goes through um, that uh, people invest in as the steps, regardless of what's actually happening within the, within the selfhood of the person who might be engaged, might, we might be forcing into yeah. the, the redemption narrative. And I think um, that relates to, um, to me, that's the most compelling thing you just said there, Chris, is just that basic mundane reality that different people's onboard neurological stats just mean that they will have different and unreliable <coughs> engagements with the concept of shame. Like if you're using it, if you're trying to use it as a utilitarian uh, device of control, then you like you can't predictably or evenly apply it in the ways that you would want to because some people are going to be super susceptible to it and some people are going to be not susceptible to it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just... And, and I think even even having it in the arsenal means like, you know, there's a tidal wave coming. Okay, let's grab all the guns and fire them at the tidal wave. Okay, we feel like we've got something and um, we're doing something, but, you know, it's we're inhibiting ourselves from enacting the change that we want to as much as we're um, failing to... Um, mitigate the uh, circumstance that we're trying to to change it's funny i think of myself as someone like personally i think of myself as as a person where like shame has been um at least in certain ways like a relatively useful tool in my life like as in a thing that has been enacted on me that i felt that has been useful plenty of times as in it's made me um 
yeah, feel feel the impact of my uh, actions in the world in a, like a properly visceral way and in a way that feels like it's what the people who I've wronged would want me to feel. Um, there are, uh, you know, but I wonder how much that's to do with other 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 conditioning that I was fortunate to get around being able to um, put that it, put the shame I feel in a perspective of otherwise feeling loved and supported and va- and you know like a like a like a useful worth like a perfectly worthwhile uh, person to exist and um, also the ability to just uh, have some perspective on taking on self critique and not catastrophize it too much and even then like and if I had to think about it there are still plenty of blockages I have around uh, the ways that I'm allowed to behave or do things or ask of things in life that are, that have, um, been conditioned by childhood experiences of shame that probably haven't been that efficacious. Like they've given me, um, you know, parameters of they've, they've, they've put handles and barriers and boundaries on my personality, which means like they're, they're extremely formative to what my personality even is. And I mean, I'm most, I, I like myself, but the, um, uh, I almost said I mostly like myself. What a that would have been a lie. I like myself, but completely. But um, there would be, um, yeah. There's, uh, there's certainly. Uh, if I if I had to uh, self critique strongly, there's yeah. There's there's probably plenty of um, unreasonable shame that I've put on myself over across life. That where if someone had just interceded and been like, no, that was a reasonable way for a child to behave. Um, there are certain block- mm. blockages mm. that I wouldn't have wouldn't have had to experience. Yeah. Also, I think that like even when it is evenly applied and gets the perfect outcome, um, it's contingent. Like its its utility as a tool is contingent upon a kind of exhaustive understanding of uh, human dynamics and and systems and um, differences and and, and uh, everything that that just cannot exist. That um, or sorry, cannot exist within our comprehension. Um, and so, therefore, it's just inevitably going to be unevenly meted out um, and incorrectly distributed. So, even in the instances in my own life where I'm like, okay, I was, I was you know, I did this behavior. I didn't realize it was bad. I was, I was shamed and I had to reflect upon it. And then I made a, um, you know, concomitant uh, correction um, and adjustment um, that accounted for that behavior. And I feel good about the whole exchange. That whole process, um, if, you took, if you took shame as the mechanism out of it, um, that's that that process can still be conducted and I, I don't think you want as a motivator I don't think you only want um, fear of social breach being the motivating factor for people not to conduct social breaches because we don't have full information and we don't have full transparency and nor do we have the energy or capacity or time to have those those things um, and so it, it just like if you look at somebody who is particularly motivated um, by not being shamed and they've made all the corrections in their life to protect themselves and or to adjust from the things that are shamed, the, 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 the behaviours for which they're going to be shamed, that's that says nothing about um, – it, it doesn't tell me – I don't t- look at that person and be like, well, they're, they're definitely going to be um, uh, a positive – uh, fulfilled selfhood who's who's living well in the world just That's as likely point. they're a person who hides it hides you know may, maybe for example they're a priest and they're sexually abusing children but they that is completely invisible and 
Um, there's not going to be any shame around that as long as they get away with it their whole life. And, you know, externally, you can see all their behavior, you know, they're really well protected from any sort of appearance of vice or anything like that. I mean, that's that's a stark and very lazy example. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for picking it, but I, I think, um, you know, you can, you can, you can, uh, like, I often think about the people that I, I went to, um, that were my peers at university. Um, you know, it's a time of learning and like, um, the types of social exchanges and like embarrassments and mistakes. And, and I think about the people who were student politicians in that period, you know, who were, who were already very carefully metering their behaviors and external expressions because they had, you know, one eye on a prime ministership down the line or something like that. And the whole time, you know, they're very careful. They don't have social media accounts of a type or, or, or express themselves in certain ways. I, I'm in no way convinced that those people are less harmful to the people in their lives simply because, uh, they don't express certain things in a certain way, or we don't know certain things about their personality. And and, and furthermore, um, you know, this this is even just assuming that we are even able to to adequately meter out um, the shame that we give with an understanding of how it will be experienced. And that's that's I don't think there's any uh, evidence that 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 that's the case. If you just look at um, any number of things, but uh, you know, it, at, at its at its reality, we're dealing with a world in which people with, say, low spindle neurons, leading to the type of um, behaviors that can be diagnosed as like uh, psychopathy. Like, um, you know, it's uh, where I'm wary of uh, using those sorts of diagnoses. But if if you pick someone like just just situationally, if you manage, if you if you if you think of yourself in your own life, if you at if it came out at your workplace tomorrow, a recording of you within the last year saying, oh, you can do whatever you want with women. You can just, when you're famous, you can just touch them on the pussy, no problems. You would be like, oh my God, I'm mortified. I'll have to leave my job. I have to leave my society. I have to leave town. I have to apologize to everyone. Okay. That happened to the president of the United States and there was, there were effectively nil consequences. I mean, not nil consequences, but nil consequences of that of the order in which you might experience in your own life because because that person doesn't care. They <laughs> were not the intuitive consequences that uh, were that would have been, no exactly. would have been predicted, and they're not the ones that you would hope to meter out for that situation as well. Um, and so, yeah. if you if you if tool, if shame is the tool that you're holding to achieve these outcomes, you're not setting yourself up to have the proper structures you need to. Um, to get the best possible outcomes for um, people being accountable for their behaviour, responsible for the things that they've done, and um, and capable of making adjustments that have more pro-individual and pro-social outcomes, which I think is they're, they're the types of things that end up at the top of our list and um, ideas that inhibit that end up at the bottom. And I think shame should be one of them. Yeah, you've you've the thing. So the three things you've pinpointed: a, it doesn't, you know, it's at at the very least um, the behaviours that uh, people's responses to shame whether externally applied or internally applied uh is it one one response to shame isn't reliably uh um refraining from any behaviors whatsoever it just makes it potentially just makes their spiral around their behaviors more intense um mm-hmm. at least as often as it makes people refrain from behaviors so even if you were using it to try and uh suppress certain behaviors occurring your uh it it's not reliable for doing that um, the thing that I there care- are countless of examples of natural instincts being uh, suppressed because of shame, and they don't have the outcomes of eradicating those the consequences of those instincts. And repression, we haven't ranked repression yet, but um, you know, or or ideas or whatever handle conceptual handle we use mm-hmm. for that. But I feel like it's um, a, d- a demonstrable fact that more often, like repression of um, uh, shame based behaviors, leads to. Um, extra unhealthy expressions of that behavior rather than a rather than elimination of that behavior um Mm. the the thing that i care about which is the concept of people having to engage with the consequences of their actions and their effects on others in a way that's uh that's based on uh having empathy 
um, there is like shame does not guarantee empathy for others in any way, in a way. And to me, that takes uh, like mm. as in people, shame can be based more around, as you say, fear of um, fear or uh, stress around uh, judgment or censure rather than actually uh, a sense of care for the, for other people. Um, and then, yeah, just, and then the, the third thing is the idea that it is a hackable system by anyone who, uh, has, a, has, uh, an ability to push through, um, feeling shame around things. So, uh, and, uh, or, and, and can massive or anyone who is happy to massively manipulate other people's, uh, conditioned shame around things. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, a, yeah, which is a, a really gross hackable element of the same yeah, the same. The greater the role that shame has in our society, the greater the power some, somebody can, um, somebody unscrupulous can attain by um, le- leveraging the execution and the metering and the control, like the the direction of that of that shame. Yeah, and that's um, you know, I've certainly had moments of uh, re, you know, getting to a point in my life of clarity of realizing that other actors in the world were just enacting on my shame to uh, stop me from uh, making reasonable expressing reasonable wants or demands, um, uh, in life. And, uh, those were liberating moments of realizing that if Mm. that was all that was going on, then I could happily (laughs) express my behavior the way that I wanted to and not stress about the other person's, about those other actors' agenda. I should also say, I think that, um, you know, there would still be a good, uh, utility to it if it was a nice valve for the people that are, um, expressing it. But I, I think it's also non-transcendent in the sense that if you are, you know, put, you know, if you're the arbiter of, of, um, you know, the shame that you're trying to inflict upon someone, whether you're in your personal life or, you know, far removed, I, I think it's, it's not, um, I don't know. I've been that person and, and it's not, it's not a satisfying, like it's, it's kind of almost an anger expression that, um. That's, 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 uh, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, have I, have I tried to, have I, you know, wielded this, this sword, um, and successfully achieved exactly the outcome that I've wanted and then felt satisfied with that? Potentially, yes, but I, I just think it's not, um, even, it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's not the best way to engage with, uh, trying to achieve the change that you want because it's, um, because it's a sh- because it's a shorthand. It's a sh- it's a shorthand that's removed from um, the realities of of how complex uh, emotional interactions happen. And so I think, like, you know, even if you were to to pick someone, oh, I don't want to go too too stark, but it, it, say say if um, so so I I had a friend who I um caught um stealing money from the from a group. That, that we were in mm-hmm. um and it was it was shocking like i was i was shocked um and i, I didn't uh like at that time i could i i imagine a situation which i was like you know everyone this this person did this they're stealing from all of us you know we, we cannot trust them we've got to get rid of them or you know like we cannot put them in a situation like uh, fortunately i didn't do that but i, I think that like you know if if this is, you know, we've got playing, we've got playing it cool um, up there, and I think, I think shame is not playing it cool. Um, <laughs> if you, if you, if you're wielding it, like I don't think you sit down and think, okay, what's actually going to have a transformative impact on reducing the instances of this behaviour that we're seeing? I don't think you're like, okay, massive shame campaign is the is the yeah. tool I'm going to wield because that's gonna that's gonna uh, you know. Because it it doesn't account for the, the different motivations that people have for doing antisocial behaviour or um or, or the way in which people um 
uh, may best atone for uh, the the what you may see as mistakes that they've they've committed. Um, I think it's bad on both sides. It's a clarifying point for me, Chris, because I thought about it. It makes me think of the times where I've um, felt the need to really make someone in my life where, you know, where I've really wanted someone in my life to understand the consequences of their action on me, like the the ways that they've, that their actions have upset me or made life difficult for me or, or made me have to feel uh, things that they, that I feel they weren't being thoughtful about when they underwent their actions. And, um, the and the factually the big the the uh, often the barriers um to the other person contending with that in the way I want them to contend to it con- in the way that I want the, wanted them to contend with it has been um you know partly lack of self awareness or thoughtfulness about it but also um a sense of denial that comes from wanting to avoid shame or even a misapprehension that what I've wanted them to be is ashamed or um miserable mm. about themselves or to you know yeah. to wallow in guilt whereas what I've wanted is just a simple mechanical acknowledgement um and a moment of shared empathy of like what I've wanted is them to just look at it through my eyes for a second and um sometimes the thing that has allowed me in talking with the people about it to to get past what they think I want from them to what I actually want from them is to tell them that I don't want them is to express it expressly explain to them that I have no use for their shame um what I have use for Mm. what I have use for is their acknowledgement and their presentness with me in what I'm telling them so yeah thinking about that that's another (laughs) that's that's another absolute knock against the usefulness about the idea that it's useful rather than a blocker I think of like huge pronouncements of shameful expressions that have come to me as, as apologies and as um, self-flagellations, and they're extremely unsatisfying because they they only make me feel less seen. In um, yeah, exactly what you're saying, just the wanting some presentness and acknowledgement, um, yeah, and uh, engagement with the consequences rather than oh, I you know, oh, I'm terrible. I did this horrible exactly. Thing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the a worst. Fuck up or whatever. Like yeah, how yeah, the, how how unsatisfying is that to receive? I talk about this all the time. A- I'm sure I must have talked about it on other episodes where it's like half half the half the time what I want to see from conflict spaces in my own life or the lives of others is people's ability to not put these operatic stakes on their own mm. on what is really just their day in day out all of our day in day out mundane shittiness like as in well, this is why we got good and evil so low because it's yeah. like it comes with that weight loading like where you have to not only atone for what is you know something that you can understand that most people have probably done in their life significantly harming another person but it comes with an additional i did this because i am bad like yeah whereas, whereas <laughs> and i'm re- trying to change but I'm, no, no don't, that's not it yeah whereas yeah really what most of us want from each other most of the time is just the acknowledgement that we're a bit shit <laughs> that, that's like just yeah. and that that should be such a liberating thing to be able to go oh okay all i have to contend with is that i'm a bit shit in the context exactly. and spoiler of- alert you listening and everyone that you think is the best person in the world they're also a bit shit like, exactly that's and, fine that's, and that's, that's, that's that's the journey and that's in the context of them also being like beautifully worthwhile people who are also a bit shit like yeah, it's, yeah. it's fine yeah um anyone yeah, anyone who that absolutely. doesn't apply to is an absolute statistical minority like of being being at extremes of one or the other so you know and yeah i mean any of uh to any of those absolute extreme outlier humans who are listening to the podcast for the first time uh welcome nice to have you here um please recommend us to your friends um at the statistical outlier yeah, especially if they're like you I'd, I'd love more yeah um extremely millionth percentile outliers yeah yeah, yeah. just extreme, we just want to give our address that's it extremely good or extremely evil listeners 
Yeah. So yeah. So um, let's, let's get to the rank machine. Yeah. So bare bare minimum, this is this is the sort of idea where if you're going to protect any utility for it at all, you, there's so many superior ideas that are going to have to rank above it. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you're living in a pit society that that has this as a high value. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Like I think you, you've you've lost so many tools. Um, uh, or have abandoned so many um, tools to, to to be to be wielding this as your as a utility. Yeah, to me the um, the category line. So just above. So there's to me there's two ideas that potentially have a lot of ideas that will come in between them. One which feels like it's got to be above fairness. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm looking more at the liminal line between. Um, so there's so. Uh, tradition is right above free will at the moment. To me, tradition is the bottom of our current, of the chunk of ideas where they are just like feeling similar to shame where they are tools that are just not particular, that are, that are intended for a specific purpose, but just do a really bad job of servicing any, uh, any positive version of that purpose and, and where the costs are, you know, they're mismapped tools and badly built tools. So you've got um, mm-hmm. tradition and above that you've got revolution, redemption, um, aristocracy, fandom, borders. Um, that, right. And then, and so then- I think it's below those. Yeah. Well, then you, then the question is, are you in, I, it's like, so free will on down for me is the, is, you know, our sort of bottom 15, 16 is where you've got the ideas that are, where the, they are narratives that are absolutely- um, warping the human brain's intuitions of how to navigate the world in the darkest ways. Free will isn't really that bad. Like it's, it's so you know you've got free will and free will and lying. Neither of those, those are, like to me those are just mis. You know, like free will is just a misapprehension of of what's actually going yeah. on. Um, lying is uh, just lying is incredibly cost laden. Um, tool that's still some that's that has utility, but the cost that was the one that we just felt of, of all the tools that have utility, it has the most costs. Um, and then under that, yeah, so really, then you've got the this the uber crappy narrative start from that. So under that, you've got love, romance, souls, fairness, debate, rights, asceticism. I feel like shame, like what about shame versus love and rom- shame, love, and romance? It's in and around there. What do you think? All this, you know, uh, shame, love, romance, lying, free will. They're definitely in the same snake pit. Um, mm. That's for sure. But I, I don't really know how to relatively c- consider them. So. Uh, like, shame is less of a force in, in terms of. Um, I feel like, sh- again, like shame at least is contending. <laughs> shame is a f- Shame is a force that can move and control things can, can set boundaries. Like, again, we like, this is the garbage vibe of the, this is the garbage vibe of the list. So still seeing if there's utility and use like, I don't know, like love and romance. Um, I can, I could happily lift out of society completely and feel confident that, you know, for anything that you, for anything that you'd lose, there is a lot that you would protect and gain is yeah. Is th- this is only one way of thinking about it, but yeah, I think it's. I just think like it's less ubiquitous than than love and romance. So le- has and has, poten- it's con- has yeah. potentially less less um yeah less yeah. less capacity less, to less harm radius. Yeah, which which is which is you know which says what a shit pit we're in because like you know there's extraordinary consequences of yeah um, well then the wielding of shame constantly. 
Yeah. And um, even the light ones are significant. Exactly. Yeah. Like, again, the insidious, like, shame isn't as in, shame isn't insidious in the same way. Like, shame, it's too big and obvious and, like, it's a big club that people are using. So, it has less, there's less ways that shame, like, shame doesn't, like, reproduce itself in subtle, in constant subtle calibrations. It's just, like. Yeah. And I'd say it has less adherence at its altar as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There are more. Yeah. Good. That's a great point. There are way more people. Like if shame exists, there are plenty of people who are going to be raging against it in a way that they're not going to be raging mm. against lovers necessarily. Yeah. But yeah, I, well, yeah, to me, this is looking clearer now. Cause I think it's definitely, I think it's definitely worse than lying just because lying for me, <laughs> we, we have to have it down there because of all the costs that it has, but lying for me, there are still some, mm-hmm. there's some unique things you can do with lies that are, sometimes for me still good like so it can lead to like to good outcomes or yeah i'm not to me it's the, <laughs> lying is definitely the lowest idea that i still instinctively like in a lot of ways even though we yeah me too and if i if i think about you know if i'm in um spanish inquisition and they're knocking on my door and like have you masturbated in the last six months you know we're gonna kill you i'm like no then yeah <laughs> You know, that's a tool I want to have if I'm in shame prison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like lying, the best thing about lying is that it's an anti-utopian uh, idea. It's the idea of being like, okay, here's a thing that you might need to use in any world that you're in that's not a utopia, which is any world. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. So, underneath lying, because it doesn't have the, doesn't have the effectiveness um, above love and romance, because it doesn't have the same potential for horrific sweep um, of influence. Sweet. Nick, we did it again. We did it again. We perfectly ranked an idea on a list. I was slightly, slightly, again, again, I was like, oh, could this be the one where it's going to be tough? Will we spend four, four times as much time ranking as discussing? But no, uh, I will, you've raised this question before, but yeah, will, will having more and more ideas on the list make it easier and easier to rank things? Will it make it harder once we have a thousand ideas? Man, if I were a listener of the podcast Rank Ideas, I'd be really excited to keep listening to us uh, continuously so that I can find out the answers to those questions. That's just me. And because I'm a pro-social listener, I would tell all my friends about the podcast. That's the type of person I am. Mm, yeah, that's great. Um, really good thought. Um, cool. It would all really right. incentivize the to keep making them. Yeah, because, you know, uh, we, we can't let our listeners find out that we enjoy doing this enough that we will just do it whether they listen to it or not. Nick, Mick, just edit, I actively edit av- avoid, out. yeah, letting my co-host Nick know how much I love ranking ideas with him, <laughs> and so he has no, he has no choice but to just sit here on his end of the side of the call, dreaming of that level of connection. <laughs> always such a pleasure, Chris. Always, always such a pre- pleasure to you, the listeners. If this was your first rank ideas, um, it was a delight to have you. Um, uh, please let us know uh, what we should rank next. Great. Other than that, see you next episode.